Introductory Note Percy Bysshe Shelley, an English poet, born at Field Place, near Horsham, Sussex, August 4, 1792. His great-grandfather, Timothy, lived for a number of years in America, and his grandfather, Bysshe, was born in Newark, New Jersey, of an American mother. The family was wealthy and of local distinction in Sussex. Timothy, the poet's father, succeeded in 1815 to the baronetcy given Bish in 1806. Shelley's schooling began at six. At ten he was sent to Sion House, near Brentford, and at twelve to Eton. In the fall of 1810, having finished in good standing at Eton, he entered Oxford. He was an incessant reader, speculator, and writer from his early days at Eton, and, though he slighted the prescribed studies, he became greatly interested in chemistry and read deeply in the works of Locke, Hume, Dahlbach, Volney, Rousseau, and Voltaire. By March, 1811, he had produced two novels, a rhymed narrative, a play, now lost, a great quantity of verse of indifferent or wholly bad quality, and was joint author with his cousin Medwin of a romance. He had also already begun Queen Mab. On March 25, 1811, he, with his friend Thomas Jefferson Hogg, was expelled from Oxford for having written, printed, and circulated a pamphlet, The Necessity of Atheism. Shelley's father cut off the boy's allowance, and for a time he was reduced to want, living upon small sums sent him by his relatives, the Medwins and Groves, and the pocket money of his sisters, at school at Clapham, near London. A girl of sixteen, Harriet Westbrook, the daughter of a retired tavern keeper and a schoolmate of his sister's, acted as message bearer between the Shelleys. Early in June, a family truce having been patched up, Shelley returned home. From there he made a visit to Wales, but on receiving a despairing letter from Harriet, went to London. In August the pair eloped, and on the 28th were married in Edinburgh. Shelley's father again cut off his allowance. In December Harriet's father allowed his daughter £1,000 a year, and in January, 1812, Shelley's father made an equal allowance. From this time until March, 1814, the youthful pair wandered about England, Wales, and Ireland, Shelley finishing Queen Mab, and producing some miscellaneous verse, and a number of pamphlets urging political reforms. The union had now become uncongenial, Harriet evincing a growing indifference to the subjects which were the life and soul of the reformer and poet, and concerning herself more and more regarding the possessions and attributes necessary for a fine lady. Shelley, however, doubtful of the validity of the Scotch marriage, remarried Harriet on March 26. In April the break came, and Harriet, whether intending a separation or only a long visit is not known, left him and joined her sister. It is not believed that the couple ever again lived together. The stanzas to Harriet, May 1814, appeal to her to return to him, and beg her to pity if thou canst not love. Shelley had in the meantime met Mary, the sixteen-year-old daughter of William Godwin, a political writer for whom he entertained the most extravagant admiration, and of Mary Wollstonecraft, the gifted author of A Vindication of the Rights of Woman. By June the new friends had become very much attached to each other. Mary had grown up in an atmosphere wherein hostility to the marriage institution was a philosophic creed, and Shelley had given voice to this sentiment years before. Early in July the pair determined to unite. Shelley summoned Harriet to London, 
told her of his determination, made certain settlements with her regarding property, and on July 28 left England for the continent with Mary, accompanied by Jane Claremont, the daughter of Mrs. Godwin by a former marriage. September 13 they returned, settling in London. His grandfather dying in January, 1815, a settlement of Shelley's succession to the estate was made, the poet having been made to relinquish the greater part in favor of a younger brother. He now paid Harriet's debts and allowed her £1,000 a year. In August he took a house near Windsor Park, and in May, 1816, Shelley, Mary, Jane Claremont, and the child, William, born January, 1816, made another trip to the continent. At Lake Geneva they met Lord Byron, and Jane Claremont renewed the intrigue begun in London, the fruit of which was the child, Allegra, born after the return of the party to England, where they arrived September 7. It seems certain that this intrigue was unknown to the Shelleys until shortly before the birth of the child. On December 16 Shelley learned that Harriet, who in the meantime had made another alliance and had been deserted, had drowned herself, and on December 30 he formally married Mary. Early in 1817 Shelley settled in Marlow, and on March 12, 1818, the household left England for Italy, reaching the Baths of Lucca in May. Alastor had appeared in the autumn of 1816, and the revolt of Islam in January 1818. The great volume of his poetical production came from him during the four remaining years of his life, a product which for amount, excellence, and range of power, is held by many to be unparalleled in the history of the world's literature. In August the household removed to Byron's Villa of Est, near Venice, and Allegra was put under the care of her father. Clara, Shelley's youngest child, died in Venice, September 24, 1818, and William at Rome, June 7, 1819. At Florence his last child, Percy Florence, was born, November 12, 1819. The household removed to Pisa, January 27, 1820, and henceforth until Shelley's death lived in that neighborhood. Between April 26 and May 1, 1822, the Shelleys and two friends, Edward and Jane Williams, moved into the house Casa Magni, on the Gulf of Spezia, near Larici. Shelley's friend, Lee Hunt, was to arrive at Leghorn in July, and on July 1, Shelley, Williams, and a sailor boy, Charles Vivian, sailed for that city in Shelley's boat, the Ariel, to meet him. They arrived next day, Shelley met Hunt, and saw him settled, and on July 8 the three started to return. A terrific squall struck the water shortly after they set sail, and the boat was never seen again. Shelley's and Williams's bodies were cast ashore July 18, and a few days later the body of the sailor boy. The bodies of the two friends were cremated on the shore August 17 and 18, Byron, Hunt, and Edward John Trelawney, and some natives alone being present. Trelawney snatched Shelley's unconsumed heart from the flames. The ashes of the poet were deposited in the English burying ground at Rome, where Trelawney placed a slab in the ground, inscribed. Percy Bysshe Shelley Cor Cordium Natus August 4, 1792 Obiet July 8, 1822 Nothing of him that doth fade, but doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange.